We want to hit it dead center. John 14. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. He who has my commands and obeys them. Now, what's the mark we're shooting at? Ah, obedience to God. Now, his commands, what are they? Ten Commandments? Okay. Now, we all know the Ten Commandments, right? And if I was to ask if anybody in the audience wanted to come up here and recite the Ten Commandments from memory to raise their hand, everybody's hand would go up, right? Okay. But always remember, to obey them, we need to know them, right? Because if you don't know them, you can't obey them. Now, I just want to do a little review. Number one, I am the Lord God. Though I have no other gods before me. Number two, thou shalt not carve for thyself an image of anything above the earth, below the earth or on the earth in the form of a god. Number three, thou shalt not use my name in vain. And just a little side note, when you're texting on your phone, you know, you have that LOL, laugh out loud. They also do OMG. That's a no-no. It's misusing the name of the Lord. Thou shalt keep my Sabbath. Honor thy mother and thy father. Thou do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not lie. Do not covet thy neighbor's home or thy neighbor's wife. All ten. Now, I learned these a while ago, a long time ago, actually, because somebody asked me one day. I was witnessing to him, and he stopped me, and he said, okay, you want me to listen to you? Tell me the Ten Commandments. I missed one. I couldn't think of it. And he said, see, I knew it. And he walked away. After that, I got my Bible out and I memorized the Ten Commandments. It's important to know them. And they're both listed, uh, well, they're on the back of the bulletin. But they're also in chapter 20 of Exodus and chapter 5 of Deuteronomy. Now, <clears throat> can we obey these Ten Commandments? Let's see. Now, Jesus explains, <coughs> excuse me, Jesus explains the spirit of the Ten Commandments in Matthew chapter 5. And, and Zach's been teaching on that for several months now. Um, and I just want to hit on a few points here. Brief explanation from Matthew 5.21. You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not murder. And anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. And in Matthew 5, 27, you have heard that it was said, do not commit adultery. But I tell you 
that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery in his heart. And then again, Matthew 5, 43. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor, hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. Now, which is more important? Spirit of the law or the, love of, uh, uh, the letter of the law? Okay. Now, how serious is God on this? On obeying his commands. How serious? Very. Matthew 5, 23 and 24. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, Leave your gift in front of the altar and first go and be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Your brother has something against you. Not that you have something against your brother, but that your brother has something against you. Now this is... If I have something against my brother, I can control that, can't I? I can work it out in my head and say, okay, I, I forgive him, and that's the end of it. But if your brother has something against you, that's out of your control. You need to go and, and, and take an action and be reconciled to your brother. That's what God wants. He wants unity. He wants peace. He wants us to be reconciled to one another. Leave your gift, your tithe, and be reconciled with your brother. Do it quickly. And don't, don't forget the 20% late fee. Okay? That's in the Bible. Just two, it's in about five places. But Numbers 5.7 and Leviticus 5.16, you can look them up later. 20% late fee. Okay. Now, how are we able to obey his commands? by keeping our eyes on Jesus. And only if we keep our eyes on him. How do we keep our eyes in, on, on him? In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Remember what scripture says in Philippians 4, 23, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Everything. Uh, not some things, not most things, but everything, if I keep my eyes on Jesus. Now, how do I get this strength? By spending time with Jesus. Spending time in the Word. The Word is, is spiritual food to us. We eat breakfast in the morning, lunch in the afternoon, dinner at night, just to, to build our bodies up, energize us. But our spirits, our spirits need to be fed too. We need to be in the Word. Think of, some of you remember Popeye the Sailor Man. Okay? Popeye, he's got his can of spinach when he's, when he's weak and, and he's kind of defenseless. And he pops that can of spinach, goes up, boom! He's got his strength. Okay? 
That's what, that's what the word can do for us. It can strengthen us. It gives us the ammunition we need. You know, you look in, in um, Ephesians and it talks about the armor of God. That's what it's all about, having God's word in our heart, in our mind. John 3, 21 to 24. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask because we obey his commands and do what pleases, what pleases him. And this is his command. To believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ. And love one another. Believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he commanded us. Those who obey his commands live in him and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know by the spirit he gave us. Believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another. You know, if we were all like Jesus, this would be easy to do, wouldn't it? To love one another. Think about being more like Jesus. 1 John 3:13. <clears throat> We know that we have passed from death to life because we love our brothers. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life in him. God is serious about loving our brothers. We were here last week. God is serious about loving our enemies. Now look around you. Look at the person on your left, on your right, behind you, in front of you. Do you love that person? I'm not talking about a, a warm, fuzzy feeling, but you really care for them. Okay. I'm talking the kind of love that moves you to action if the need arises. It moves you to action. Now, how about this? This is something that I always, always look at. Uh, if you're driving down the road and you see a car in the, the next lane or in front of you and you see a little fish on the back of it, does your spirit kind of jump? You feel a kind of kinship to them. You know, like, that's my brother there in that car. Wow. Um, that's a good indication of where you're at as far as love goes. Um, there's a heartache when you see a brother in need. You feel compelled to help him. That's another good indication. You know, the love we're called to, it's a bright beacon to people around us. We love one another. Everybody wants to be loved. From the gangbanger to the rock star, everybody wants to be loved. And when they see the kind of love that God is commanding us to, they want to participate in it. They want to be part of it. It's one of the greatest witnessing tools there is. Love one another. Now, 
I believe that when God wants us to understand something, he says it more than once in the Bible. And if we look, we can look like from creation. It's down there twice. Ten Commandments are down there twice. Tithing is down there numerous times. But this command, he tells us, 12 times to love one another. 12 times, three in one passage alone. Love one another. We are commanded to love one another. You know, in the past I've heard Christians say, I love you because I'm commanded to love you. But I don't have to like you. True or false? Now listen to what God has to say. John 13 again. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this will all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. See, that's the evangelism part. All men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Another little exercise. Turn to the person next to you and say, I love you. Now, I grew up in New York. I'm Italian. My last name's Olivieri. And I grew up, you know, Italian guys aren't all mafia guys. <laughs> I, I grew up in, uh, in love with my friends, with relatives. You know, I thought nothing to see two big men get together and give each other a hug. I mean, a real hug, not this little but a real hug and a kiss on the cheek and say, I love you. It's not foreign to me to say that. When I talk to some of my friends, I, I have a great friend and I love him. And I'll go up to him sometimes and I'll go to give him a hug and he's like, oh. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with a hug. Embrace somebody. Show that you really care. You know, at the end of the service, when Zach says, give each other a, a hug and a holy kiss where appropriate, there's nothing wrong to give a, a guy that, that he's your brother and you want to give him a kiss on the cheek. I'm not talking a sloppy kiss. I'm talking just, <laughs> I love you. And to say, I love you, that means a lot. Uh, Uh, okay. Now, now look at Romans 13, uh, verse 8 to 10. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For he who loves his fellow man has fulfilled the law. The commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet. And whatever commandments there may be are summed up in this one rule. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to its neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Hallelujah. Now, <clears throat> How am I to love? 
works, actions, or words rather, actions, how? 1 Peter 1.22, now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for your brothers, love one another deeply from the heart. Love one another deeply from the heart. And sincere love, there's no denying it. In 1 John 4, dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. Now, this kind of love comes from God. Um, let me give you a few definitions um, of the Greek word used here for love. Agapeo. Agapeo. Again, a Greek word, Italian accent. <clears throat> to love, to be full of goodwill and exhibit the same. With the accusative of the person to have a preference for, wish well to, and regard the welfare of. Used often in the first epistle of John for the love of Christians towards one another. Used of the benevolence which God, in providing salvation for men, has exhibited by sending his son to them and giving him up to death. Used of the love which Christ, in procuring human, uh, human salvation, to undergo suffering and death. And used of the love with which God regards Christ. And when used of the love to a master, God or Christ, the word involves the idea of affectionate reverence, prompt obedience, grateful recognition of benefits received. And then with an accusative of the thing apageo denotes to take pleasure in the thing, prize it over other things, be unwilling to abandon it or do without it to welcome with desire, to long for. And concerning the unique proof of love which Jesus gave to the apostles by washing their feet. Now, this is a powerful love that we're commanded to. Um, some of these, it's just like, wow, the love God has for Jesus. Um, the love we're called to have for God. We're called to love one another. So, <clears throat> I guess I have to like you, and you have to like me. Thank you. Thank you. Love you guys. <laughs> this kind of love, it's, it's not, it's not a, an emotional love. It's an action. It's love in action. And actions always speak louder than words, don't they? It's easy to say, I love you guys. But action, when there's a need, a helping hand, 
uh, even prayer for somebody. It's an action. Now, I hate to say this, but when I think of the church as a whole, not just Hope Chapel, but Christianity as a whole, especially in America today, we miss the mark on this kind of love. We do. We miss it. I mean, I see a lot. I sense a lot of love um, here at Hope Chapel. I really do. But we still miss the mark. What God wants You've got to think of the world today that we live in. If you watch the news, you read the newspaper, I mean, there's terrible things going on. Can you imagine if everybody had the love of Christ? And that's what we have to look forward to. In heaven, there's not going to be any strife. This is the love that we're going to have there. So we can practice it now. Why? Why is this? Because the world and our busy lives get in the way. Or maybe better said, as being prideful or self-centeredness gets in the way. Now, some things that get in the way, some other little examples, and they're, they're little petty things, but they do get in the way. I don't like you because... You didn't invite me to your party. You're too happy all the time. You never smile. You didn't invite me to your wedding. You spend too much money on your house or your car. Or you drive a junker and your house is falling down. <laughs> I mean, little petty things like this can really get in the way and cause people to not like you and therefore not love you. Now, one of the first examples of this type of behavior would be Cain and Abel. You know, when I, when I first read the story of Cain and Abel, I, I put a picture in my mind of it. And I'm going to share it with you, and then I'm going to read the, the account the way it should be. But, you know, it was the time when they were called to, to bring an offering. Uh, a sacrifice. And I could picture Abel going to his flocks and, and finding one of his, his firstborn and, and taking them on the side and preparing them and then bringing the, uh, the choice pieces, the choice parts, placing them on the altar of fire and, and the smoke just going up to heaven as, as a pleasant uh, offering to God. And then I, I would picture Cain walking through the fields, just grabbing one of these and one of these, and oh, let me get this one here, and you know, and then just going and dumping them on the fire, and, and then the smoke starts rising up and blows in his face, and, and it's just <clears throat> because it wasn't the offering God wanted. All right, I'll hold that thought and let me read Genesis um, 1 4 to 8. Now Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits from the soil as an offering to the Lord. But Abel brought fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. 
But on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. Now, why do you think? Why do you think his face was downcast? Why do you think he was angry? <clears throat> Could it be pride? Jealousy? Self-centeredness? All the above and then some, okay? He did it his way. Not God's way, he did it his way. He didn't follow the example of Abel. Uh, Abel's example to obey God and his prescribed sacrifice. Again, he did it his way. Now, are we tempted to do that sometimes? We are, aren't we? That enemy's always out there tempting. How can we resist this? Keep our eyes on Jesus. Keep our eyes on Jesus for the strength we need. In verse 6, And the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at the door. It desires to have you. You must master it. Wow. God said this to Cain. If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? And what did Cain do? After God tells him this, verse 8, now Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother and murdered him. After God told them, if you do what is right, will you not be accepted? God says that to us all the time. If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? I love this verse. It plays in my head all the time. Sin is crouching at the door, desires to have you. You must master it. Now, how do we master it? What does the Bible say? 2 Corinthians 10. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Take captive every thought. I think um, Greg Laurie said this one time. Sow a thought, reap a desire. Sow a desire, reap an action. Sow an action, reap a destiny. When we don't take captive those thoughts, that's what happens. You get caught up in that downward spiral. <clears throat> take captive every thought, make it obedient to Christ. And then John 3 this is the message you have heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, my brothers, if the world hates you. 
we know that we have passed from death to life because we love our brothers. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life in him. This is another instance where, where God says it twice in the word. He wants us to get it. One more little thing. How about this? He doesn't like me, so I don't like him. A little childish, but this goes on. People get offended. He doesn't like me, so I don't like him. God has an answer for that, too. I already read this verse, but I'm going to read it again. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother and then come back and offer your gift. It's important to God. So he doesn't like me. Let me find out why. Let me go and be reconciled to him. Let me heal this before it spreads, before it gets bigger. And for our neighbors, Romans 12. I love Romans. Great book. Although, I kind of like everything in here. Um, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And then again in chapter 14, let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and mutual edification. Every effort. Galatians 5, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Hallelujah. We are without excuse. God gives us his command and he gives us direction on how to follow it. Now, how does a Christian actually obey and walk in, in God's love? Back to Hebrews 12, 2. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Romans 12, 2. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Be transformed. You know, <clears throat> we're kind of transformed every day. Get in our car, we drive down the road, there's billboards, there's, there's news on the radio, we're home, there's the television. I mean, all this junk going in, right? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We need to wash all of that stuff. I mean, sure, we're going to see newspapers, we're going to see the news, we're going to see the billboards, but we need to wash it, and we wash it with God's Word, and that transforms us. Be transformed. 
by the renewing of your mind. Read the word daily. Place it in your heart. Meditate on it. Then you will be able to think biblically, speak biblically, and love biblically. Now, a little thing that, that came to mind. Anybody speak more than one language? Okay. Did, you had to learn one of these after when you got older, right? Okay. I lived in Italy for a number of years. And when I first went there, I spoke very little Italian. But I was immersed in it. And after, you know, when I first started, I, I, I'd try to speak out. And my words were real jumbled and broken. And nothing really flowed smoothly. But after about six months of being immersed in that language with television and everybody I talked to, I started thinking in that language. And then it, it came much easier and it was much smoother when I talked. I could converse, became fluent because I was thinking as I was speaking. I wasn't trying to translate every word in my mind. And, and same thing when I heard it, it would register in my mind in Italian and I, I got it. Same things with the Bible. You know, you don't want to be struggling to, to remember, what did God tell me in this situation? I need help. But when it's in your heart and in your mind, there it is. It just, there's the answers. We ask for wisdom. We believe that God has given to us. I mean, it's all there. We need God's word. We need it in our heart. We need it in our mind. That's um, why we're always encouraged to read the Bible. Read the Bible. You know, I could read something a hundred times and it's going to tell me something different. Not that it's different than it was before, but something else is going to go off in my mind. Something, I'm going to realize something where I missed a point. It's there. It's the living word. It adapts to situations in our lives. It, it keeps us in contact with God. Amen. I want to close with just a couple of questions that you can be thinking about. Do you love God? Do you love God? It's, it's not a quick, easy answer. It's what do my actions do? He who has my commands and obeys them is one who loves me. Think about it as you go through the week. Do I love God? Are my actions going to dictate this? Two, are you spending time with God? Are you giving him the time that, that you need to go through your day, to be transformed? You know, it's, we can be caught up in the busyness of everyday life and, and look at our Bible and say, I'll get it later. And later doesn't come. We need to set time apart and daily spend time with God. And three, are you being transformed? Are you being transformed? It'll do it. God's word will do it. And just as a note, when you leave here tonight, do you need to call somebody? Do you need to be reconciled? Do it. Don't let, let any more time pass if you do. Amen? Ah, oh, Father, Lord, thank you.
Thank you for your word. Thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. And Lord, I pray that uh, we would all remember to love our brothers, to love our neighbors, to make a difference that people would see us and see Jesus, that they would see us and know that we are your disciples, that we are your children. Again, Lord, help us to love one another. Father, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.